Each week at BNI for Success, we'll talk about referral networking that works. We'll discuss networking tips, strategies, and action steps that are designed to help entrepreneurs and businesses work together to create quality referral business and explore new opportunities. As we move into this, uh, let me go ahead and introduce our speaker today. Many of you know C. Sprunner. Uh, Cease and I have known each other for the better part of a quarter century. Uh, I think we've actually first met in the late 1990s, but in the early 2000s, uh, we got to know a little bit more uh, through BNI, actually. And, and Cease has a varied life. Uh, she's done a lot of things, but in particular, there are uh, three things I want to focus on right here with her introduction, because she is... Uh, indeed, first of all, a remarkable person. But there, there are things that really mean something deeply to her. And Cease, why don't you tell us a little bit about that bracelet I see that uh, it's kind of flips up, flipped up, but I know it says fighting cancer. What's the significance of that to you, Cease? So I have spent um, some years working towards, uh, on various boards, working towards cancer causes and things like that. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about that maybe later, but I, I, this is the most remarkable woman I'm holding hands with in her final minutes, actually. This is my best friend, Amy Unger Shilton, who um, fought ovarian cancer for nine years. And Amy and I met when I was five years old and I spilled grape juice on her white party dress at a birthday party. And we remain, remained closest friends until the end. And um, this, you would think this would be a very, very sad topic for me to talk about her and how important she was in my life. But I saw so much positivity in her. And um, one of the most positive things that happened is how small things touch your life. And that way, at, after she passed, I turned around and I walked into the hallway um, and somebody I had known from high school was there and we reacquainted ourselves with them. And her and her husband became our besties. This was in 2013 and we have not separated since. So everything that happened by spilling grape juice um, on Amy's dress has led to just the most amazing moments in my life and being continually inspired by the people, her and the other. Wow. Uh, it's it's the relationships that we build. That that was that was a great story, Steve. And you know what? What about this wearing one seventy one? Uh, I I know that that this was another event that uh, meant a lot to you uh, when you had this little bib on. Yeah, and I think it pertains to a bicycle ride of some length, if I remember right. Right. So I have a life goal of making a difference in a small way, uh, any small thing, right? And that's important to me. And I do a lot of it by, um, by fundraising and by cycling. And this particular one, I was on the um, LA River Ride, which takes you from Griffith Park to the turnaround where I am here under a tree, like trying to catch my light self here uh, at in Long Beach and then back. 
Um, I've stopped doing the long ride and just at the end of the turnaround, Long Beach Dave picks me up with the lunch there because I like I've done enough, but <laughs> you know, that's quite a ride, right? And so this is with the ADA, American Diabetes Association. And the reason this one is such a proud moment is that um, I was a red rider, which are for the people, it's not a fundraising thing or anything. It is for the people who are um, faced with that disease and the things that we can accomplish as well. So, and I have a couple of Red Riders that are churches. And that, and that little that little glare you're giving at to us in the third picture on the screen, I, I feel that you must have been at an event uh, <laughs> when that picture was taken and, and uh, you probably cropped it or did something with it, but was it an event that uh, had some meaning to you? It was, and, and the glint could be that you noticed that I cropped Dave out of the photo. I'm not really sure, but uh, <laughs> we, we were, and uh, this particular photo was taken on a cruise. And um, so this is kind of like the two sides of me when you have the cyclist versus the cleaned up seats, the professional looking photo. But the reality of it is, is we have the ability through this life that is, we're so blessed to have to spend most of it on a cruise ship. And that is a, another true passion of mine. And you've told me, and I think I, I indirectly I, or directly made a commitment maybe, maybe to do a little cruise with you and Dave, maybe sometime next year. So um, you did make a commitment that? for our, our networking at sea events and now everybody knows it. So, so now I guess I'm sworn to it. Well, so there you've got to know a little bit more about Cease. So why don't I go ahead and turn over the screen to Cease as she walks us through a little bit about Always Think Remarkable. Cease, it's all yours. Thank you so much. When I spoke to Norm about this topic, this pillar, Always Think Remarkable, um, I had expressed to him that I wanted to do this from a position of positivity. And I thought, what better way to start that than... Um, with some of the people in my life. And I've spoken before many occasions about my parents being Holocaust survivors. And these people uh, were faced with horrors upon horrors from 1939 to 1945. And they created, at least the ones in my life, the most amazing lives. And my father really truly displayed the importance of a positive mindset when he told me even in my misfortune, I was fortunate. And uh, I, I wanna just, this photo is famous. I mean, we're always looking at photos of how huge this gate is and how impressive it was in, in the camps. And the reality of it is, is when Dave and I went to the BNI conference in Poland in 2019, um, we had the opportunity to take some extra time and visit the towns that my parents grew up in. My father was actually born and raised in Auschwitz, Auschwitzim, and my mother um, nearby in Poland in Sosnowitz. And so we went to this, and this gate is tiny. This is really small. You're standing there and you're wondering, could a truck today actually pass through it? So we have created through all sorts of media and the angles of cameras, um, this thing that is much larger than what it is. And that was very, very telling to me. 
about um, the way things could be and impressive. So, and if you look at the photo below, oh, and I do wanna say where I got this photo. I actually got it off a travel website and it asked, when is the best time to go to Auschwitz? Uh, and I, I honestly can't think of a really good time to do that, but that, that was their positive slant. But if you look at the photo below, these are um, my father's first cousins. And uh, I grew up calling them, you know, aunties. The two younger girls are my aunt Zelma, my aunt Tony. And what is important out of this photo is as a young woman, she prior to the camps, she actually was sent to college. That is unheard of at that time in Europe, in um, a religiously Jewish home where you are meant to, your job is to raise the children and to teach them. Um, that, that was quite, I guess, a risk take for the family. Anyways, they survived. Obviously, I wouldn't be talking about them. And they led these amazing lives. And these two sisters who were separated in concentration camp found each other afterwards. They did everything together. They lived in a, an apartment building that they co-owned and they did in another one um, right together. They were never apart. But the one thing they did that was very, very different is my Aunt Zoma, the one who had that education, went out and she was, um, I honestly don't know because I was young, if she was co-owner or manager of a bakery nearby in, in where we lived. And this again, a woman in our time in the early 60s, when I remember her being at the bakery, taking that moment, being the author of her own life and saying, I am going to work uh, was phenomenal to me. And it was inspiring. You know, this just wasn't the, the traditional job type thing. A lot of who I am comes from inspiration and the people around me in my childhood and the stories that they have to tell. Like the story I just told you about my Aunt Zelma and the opportunity she took. Um, some of them came from challenges and some of them didn't. But I find that successful people have challenges because otherwise, you know, it's just complaining, right? Uh, these successful people had challenges in their life and they overcame them. Harold Price, it was the grandfather of, let's, let's call it my other best friend, you know, not Amy. Uh, and, and he had an amazing story. He's actually the son of Joe Lowell and um, who created I think the parent company was Consolidated Foods. We're looking at Sara Lee eventually. We're looking at uh, Popsicle, a um, bunch of others, big, big things, and so on and so forth. But here's what I remember, okay? I went to Bonnie's home and she was being raised by her grandparents and they had this enormous dining room table. And um, Mr. Price was at one end of it and his wife, Pauline, uh, Pauline Price at the other end of it. And it was a very formal dining situation with Bonnie and I in the middle. <laughs> and it wasn't kind of the big family thing that I was used to where everybody was just all over each other talking and having this, this very heated conversation. Um, but he took the time 
to speak to us. And I, was, I think I was 15 or 16 at this time and talked to us a little bit about his first job. He had um, gone to war, World War II. He came back. I believe his education business was set up for the family business. I seem to remember him being at Wharton, even though they were out of Chicago. And so he comes to work in the very first day and he's in a suit and he's got a briefcase and he's all set to go to work and his father leads him to, to a door and the door has his name on it. It actually says Harold Price, right? And, uh, and they open the door and it's a broom closet. It's the janitor's closet. And he was stunned and he was a little bit angry actually. And it, you know, what's this? And his father said, if you are going to run this company, which you will eventually, we hope, you need to know every single thing that happens in the company. And I'm going to start you at what you perceive the bottom and you're gonna work your way on up. And to his credit, he actually nodded and said to internally, I'm gonna do the best job I can. And um, what came out of this story was all of the different departments that he spoke about and all the different things that he said he did. This was quite an evening, really. And he's, he turned out to be uh, quite a philanthropist as well. Um, the Harold Price Foundation at UCLA is for entrepreneurs. And uh, he had a dedication in his efforts for uh, medical costs and needs, supplies for the needy. Uh, so, you know, this is part of what he did. But I asked him, was there a favorite department? And he said, oh, yes, I loved the baked goods, uh, the donuts. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so he spent as much time there as he did with everything else. And in, before I finished that thought, he said, and I, I finagled <laughs> a way to stay there just a little bit longer because I really, really enjoyed it. And during that time in what could have been monotonous, uh, instead of biding his time so he could run this company and go on to be Mr. Harold Price, he invented 27 different donuts, including the jelly-filled donut. Now to me, that's taking the time to really invest yourself and do for others and still take the joy in it. We're gonna talk about um, childhood memories. I went to school with, and I don't wanna imply I was best friends with, um, I went to school with Mallory Tarcher. Um, at that time, she was using her father's last name instead of Lewis. And she is obviously, by these slides, the daughter of Sherry Lewis. And, um, you know, I think Sherry Lewis has a, a part in most people's heart, or at least people of a certain age. And Sherry started at age two as part of her training. Um, her father ensured that she was going to have lessons from a variety of experts, including this renowned ventriloquist, um, John W. Cooper. And she actually hated the puppet that she was trained with. And it was more of a marionette style. And she gave it up. And it wasn't until she had trouble finding a job in ballet, her real passion, that she came back to puppetry and ventriloquism and was discovered. So that is somebody else, you know, faced with something you don't want to do, but you have to do, right? And she's this beloved character. And I 
I want to show you. Um, so Mallory is the first upper left photo, her and Lamb Chop. And Sherry are the two on the right. And below Mallory is Sherry Lewis holding baby Mallory. And I just want you to take this moment to think of them not as celebrities or personalities and just as family. And know that every time I see Mallory online or wherever it is, she's always referencing her as mommy. She never says my mother, Sherry Lewis. It's a very emotional moment. Sherry Lewis passed away in 1998. And I believe uh, it was pneumonia while undergoing some cancer treatments. But most of us, when we lose a parent, it's devastating. And to me, to be that person who overcomes that pain and take on the mantle and continue on the legacy of Lamb Chop and doing the kind of um, work that Sherry Lewis did that she was passionate about in the community and continuing to entertain and that I feel is a tremendous moment of positivity of doing for others and going forward and I said this to Norm and it might be a little bit melodramatic but there are people who become drug addicts when they lose their parent and I am so impressed by this woman who not only continued on her mom's legacy, but is faced with it every single day in just about everything she does. Spend some time on Facebook or YouTube or anywhere and just see how many new things are surfaced or resurfaced about her. I love the Mallory that we see today. And I love the Mallory that is inside as well. And thank you for letting me tell that story about being remarkable. Thanks for joining us this week on BNI Podcast for Success. Make sure to visit our website, BNI for Success, or BNI Podcast for Success.com, where you can subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, so you'll never miss a show. Our networking success ask this week is that you tell a friend about BNI for Success.